Willkommen, this is Julia. And this is Shane, who misses Think Plant-Based. Think Plant-Based. Make sure to check out recipes, health tips, travel tips at www.thinkplantbased.com. And we're officially on iTunes, so please rate and write us a review on iTunes. Write us a review. Give us... Two stars, three stars, maybe five stars. Let us know. Oh, for sure, Let's, five. Yeah, I mean, who would give us two stars anyways, yeah. right? But yeah, make sure to do that because that's how we get found. Oh, welcome back. We got a very special guest and this is our first uh, video podcast. We thought we'd try something new. Yeah. Robert Sheik, With how's it going? special friend, Robert Sheik, hi. The bodybuilder extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, our pleasure. So excited to have you. Yeah, so tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your plant-based journey and what you're, you're all about. Yeah, so what am I all about? Uh, good question. Uh, well, right <laughs> now, I'm excited to be in my 25th year as a vegan athlete. So obviously, we'll do some math and go back to 1995 when I was a, a pretty small kid growing up on a farm in Western Oregon and raising animals, actually, raising dairy cows and chickens and rabbits and, and plenty of other farm animals. Um, that I would uh, show at the county fair and eventually go and sell at the auction. And my, my father is an animal scientist, writes textbooks and, and speaks around the world, teaching uh, college students and other communities how to raise animals for food. So I come from a, a very farming background. Both my, uh, my mother and father came from farming backgrounds. I grew up on a farm. That was something that was uh, perhaps expected of, of me to uh, get into farming as well, or certainly that was an environment that I was uh, immersed in that was an easy option. But you know, something happened when I was, um, when I was a teenager, 15 years old, my older sister was organizing this animal rights week at my high school. You know, she had grown quite fond of animals on the farm, goats and horses and ponies and um, ducks and geese and turkeys. And, and just, uh, she didn't want to eat animals anymore. She didn't want to cause harm to animals anymore. So she became vegetarian at a very young age, I don't know, eight years old or something, and then vegan years later. And so she's two years older than me. And so she was organizing this animal rights event in our high school. And I thought, well, you know, out of respect for my older sister, I'll participate. I honestly thought I would be uh, vegan for a week, you know, as December, December 8th, 1995, which by the way, I recently found in my stuff with moving, I recently found uh, videotapes that were from December 8th, 95, when I was talking about animal rights, it's labeled, it's all this stuff that that um, you know verifies this date that I've always referenced of, of December 8th of 95. And, and, and that was the first day for me. That was watching videos of factory farming and animal testing that were uh, different than what I'd seen on my uh, small family farm. And uh, it just opened my eyes to different aspects of animal cruelty. And so I decided I would, I would be vegan in this agriculture community um, in the mid 90s before the internet really took off. And I, I always wondered though, I wanted to get bigger and stronger. You know, I grew up uh, watching um, uh, wrestlers and muscle guys on on TV, and that's what I wanted to do. And I wondered if I could do it without eating animals. That was like a a real legitimate concern of mine. Yeah. But my sister yeah. just told me, you know, um, you know, go for it. At, at the end of the day, it's not that we need uh, meat, milk, and eggs. We need the nutrition that's commonly associated with those things: protein. Um, vitamins, minerals, calcium, you know, total calories, whatever, in order to do that. So I did. And uh, <laughs> obviously, years later, I, I mean, I, I weighed 120 pounds when I started. And oh, now wow. I'm just almost 220 pounds. I was 214 pounds yesterday. <laughs> so I put on almost 100 pounds eating plants and had a 10 year bodybuilding career. And, and now I'm uh, working on my fifth book. So it's uh, been two and a half decades of uh, a vegan athlete living. Wow. wow, so inspiring. You're such a living legend for me. You know, I always yeah. look up to you. Like, <laughs> I know you're like so real, you know, and so focused in life and so positive. I just love it, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, whenever we get together, you know, we have such interesting stories to um, talk about, you know, and you travel everywhere around, right? Around the world, but also like yeah. in the States, you know, you're always so busy and you. Stay so motivated. I really, yeah, admire that about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So awesome. Yeah, we would like to hear more about like um, 
you talked about your plant-based journey, but how did you also mm. like combine it more with the bodybuilding? How did you know like, yeah. okay, I want to get more professional with it and really do it like on a daily basis? Yeah, well, it started with failing miserably. And I think that's, <laughs> that's how that's great stories start, right? You got to, you know, fail so that you can go further ahead. And stronger too, you become stronger. Yeah, and I think yeah. actually, I really believe, I think the more you fail, the more you succeed. And that's been kind of my story. Uh, absolute failure in building muscle on a plant-based diet at first. Absolute failure writing books at first. And, uh, and many other things as well. It just, uh, in, in school, academics, uh, nutrition, training, whatever, like you got to fall down a lot of times in order to get back up, be better, smarter, more focused, learn lessons, you know, lick your wounds a little bit, um, be humbled by the experience and realize yeah, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And, and there I have a lot to learn here and I, I can't get too far ahead of myself or, or put one foot too far in front of the other. And so that's what happened with me with the sport of bodybuilding. So I was a a uh, five sport athlete in high school. So I was, you know, pretty good athlete. I was a runner. I was a soccer player, a basketball player, a wrestler, and uh, involved in track and field, uh, lots of different sports. And so running was something that I was naturally pretty good at. You know, I was just a, a small kid and fast runner. And I had a, a lot of enthusiasm and energy and, and, and good work ethic, which there's not a lot of technique or skill in running. It's not technical like baseball or golf or tennis. You just it's just how hard can you run and, and how far can you uh, withstand that kind of uh, threshold or that pain or discomfort that comes from running really fast. Right. And so I was, that's something I was good at. I could, I could take a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of pain as an athlete, I guess. And so I was a good runner. But, you know, I checked in right here, which is what I always talk about when I give uh, presentations or, or around the world is, you know, what do you really want to do? Like, what tugs at your heart? Like, what do you really care about? And running was something that I was good at and, and I liked and at times I loved, but I also wanted to do something different and be someone different. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to pursue building muscle. And so by this time, I was 20 years old, 1920, right around that time. And I weighed 150 pounds. So a little bit more than when I became vegan, but not significantly <laughs> more. And I, I wanted to get bigger and stronger. So I started lifting weights. I found muscle magazines in the in the store i mean magazines that literally years before i couldn't even look at they were just too gross for me with all the veins and all the, uh, yeah, right. all the like i just i couldn't even look fake at the covers tans. yeah the fake tans. <laughs> I mean, it was really extreme bodybuilding right i mean sure. obviously you know i now know um, a lot of uh anabolic drugs and steroids and growth hormone and all that went into making those yeah. physiques <laughs> magazine covers that yeah. that sell millions of copies at least back then and but but at this point, five years later, I would look at those magazines and be kind of inspired and motivated. I wanted to get bigger and stronger. And I and I always thought, this is five years into being vegan now. I always thought that if I could build muscle as a vegan in those early days, late 90s, early 2000s, that that could probably make a difference. Maybe that would inspire other people. Maybe it could save animal lives. Maybe it could um, show that there's a model here that you can follow, that if you eat enough of the right types of foods and exercise hard enough and believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing that you can make a difference. And so even with that mindset, after an entire year of, of working out and, and being motivated and driven, uh, I gained about one pound. I mean, absolutely failed. I mean, I, I made almost no progress, right? I mean, I'm back at square one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started to think that maybe this wasn't for me. You know, maybe I'm, you know, I'm born to be a runner or I'm, or maybe plant-based diet is not suitable for building muscle. Um, you know, maybe being vegan for animal rights is what I'm going to do and I won't be the athlete that I wanted to be. But then I stumbled upon this book called Body for Life by Bill Phillips came out in the late nineties. It was a very popular body transformation book. It was basically how to build muscle and burn fat by following specific protocols now, the book wasn't vegan at all. I mean, they were advertising uh, chicken and fish and all types of foods to eat and whey protein. And it was even tied into trying to sell more whey protein, I later found out, uh, through the company that the author owned. It was, like a, it was like a, you know, in a way, it was like a, a gimmick thing. But the program itself worked because the mindset behind it or the objective behind it was to exercise with weights six times uh, per week. So work out uh, six days a week. And but never more than an hour, never more than an hour, just a very deliberate uh, 52 minute or 46 minute or 54 minute workout. 
that was designed with certain exercises and supersets and drop sets and all that. But more importantly, it, it also encouraged readers to eat six meals a day. Um, three, three bigger ones, three smaller ones. But the idea was that you would reach your calorie needs throughout the day. Right. And so what I was doing before was just eating whenever I was, whenever I felt like it and I was still running and I was still uh, cycling and I was still doing uh, lots of other aerobic exercise in addition to lifting weights. And what happened was I never uh, scientifically, biologically, mathematically put myself in a position to build muscle meaning I was actually expending more calories than I was consuming. Right. I was in a deficit without knowing it because I was still in the mindset of an endurance athlete. I wanted to run. I wanted to, I would even run to the gym a mile or two and then run back. Right. And so this is very, very common. And also I wasn't deliberate about what I was eating. I was just not eating animal foods uh, and eating plants, but I was you know, 19 years old, 20 years old. I didn't have a lot of money. So I was eating like, pasta and rice and, you know, some pretty, uh, pretty uh, cheap foods, in some cases, low calories and all that. Mm -hmm. Once I figured out that I had, I had to consume more calories and, uh, and exercise in a, in a more deliberate way, I th th just right away after that whole year of failure, immediately the next week, I got on this new plan and I gained 19 pounds in 12 weeks wow. and 20, it was a 12 week program. I even submitted before and after photos and tried to win prizes and all that. I never did, but I got a certificate in the mail and all that. It was fun. Nice. And then I put on, um, in addition to those, uh, those 19 pounds, I put on another 10 pounds over the next few months. And then I became a competitive bodybuilder. How and then from there, I just kept, you know, getting bigger and stronger and competing yeah. in this bodybuilding. Wow. How did you figure it out? Like, how did you perfectionize it? Okay. This is how much I need to eat and. Like that you got like so much more muscle. It's like, how did you change it? Yeah. So there, there was basically there's um, adaptation that takes place when you, when you change your diet and lifestyle. I mean, you don't run a marathon tomorrow, right? You, you run a little bit every day and you, and you adapt and you, you get better. Your lungs get stronger. Your muscles get stronger. Your aerobic capacity increases. Your endurance and uh, an ability to perform improves right. over time. Same with weight training. You don't get stronger um, day one or day two, but you do the same thing, the same movements, you know, bench press and squats and deadlifts and overhead press and rows and all these things. If you do them consistently over time, right. naturally adaptation kicks in and improvement is a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out that, okay, here's a model. Here's a system. If I do these exercises and eat these quantities of food, and I do it over time, I can expect these results. And then as those results came in, and in some cases, they came in pretty quickly, because I, I fixed my, my program and tailored it to something that would produce results, then I could just replicate that over time, over time, over time. And that's how I got up to uh, just about 200 pounds in a few years uh, with this new approach, and then went into competitive bodybuilding and had a good uh, had a good career there and had the opportunity to win multiple bodybuilding competitions as a nice. vegan in the early um, 2000s or mid 2000s and uh, was able to show myself and others including competitors that I was able to build muscle and burn fat and build my physique uh, exclusively with plants and so it, it was a little bit of trial and error and that's kind of um, that's kind of what I wrote books about you know, uh, the things that I learned, the things that I figured out, including that all the things that I failed, um, doing, and that's even the current book I'm writing now, which is my fifth and fourth on this particular topic. You'd think yeah. it's, it's a lot of books on one topic, but it's also over the course of 10 years since I wrote my first one. And I've learned a lot along the way. And there's always more things to discover about what's, what's more efficient, what's more effective. And, uh, Everything, environmental changing all the time and, and exercises uh, have new uh, approaches to them or we have new ideas about rest periods or new ideas about um, supplementation and what's helpful or what's not helpful or uh, lowering stress or having a different mindset of training, not just with all the enthusiasm in the world where you risk injury because you're just trying to be the, the strongest you can be, but more maybe a little bit more intelligently and reducing the risk of injury and therefore having a little bit slower progression, but having more 
steady progression for a better end result. So uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors involved, but right. basically, I just experimented with a lot of things and allowed failure to teach me new things and allow me to take different approaches and find out what was really successful and then run with that. And so, and so that's what I've been doing. Right. Do you think your right mindset really helped you to be that strong? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I think I actually give a lot of credit to that because mm -hmm. I had no business in the sport of bodybuilding. I mean, that's what I often say in my presentations, you know, that exact quote, I had no business being there. I was a, I was a runner. I was a thin build. You know, I'm not a big, I'm, I've never been a real big guy. You know, I'm, I'm just about six feet tall and I was 150 pounds, 160 pounds. And when I stopped lifting weights, mm -hmm. when I have, I've had a, a couple injuries or I've changed my interest. And even after an entire 10 year bodybuilding career, I went back to long distance running. I dropped all the way down to 165 pounds. My body is, is, I'm not just like big built like a football player, you know, big chest, big back, wide shoulders. It, it was, it was my own belief in self, like that I wanted to do this for me and for the reasons that I thought were important, that if I can do this and make a difference, what could it do for, uh, for veganism, for animals, whatever I was motivated by other factors. Right. And I really believe that that's, that made a, a sincere difference that, I wasn't just there for me and I wasn't just there to be in the spotlight and I wasn't just there to be the best that I could be, but I was doing it for a mission. I was doing it for a purpose and I wanted to see what would happen. And if I could do it, other people could too, especially people who could put on muscle even easier than me. It was hard. It was my body type made it a bit challenging. And so other people were able to do it and, and have far greater success. And now we see vegan bodybuilders all over the world. We see vegan athletes all over the world and people are succeeding at a high level because they realize that you get your best energy from complex carbohydrates from plants. You get your, your most anti-inflammatory properties, reducing inflammation and muscles, therefore speeding up recovery from plants. You get a very, very efficient sources of amino acids directly from plants, not going to the middleman through animal flesh. Uh, you're avoiding all dietary cholesterol. Your, your fiber consumption is incredibly high. Your water consumption, which your bodies are 70% water, your muscles are 70% water, brain is 70% water. That is coming in large amounts from a plant-based diet. And it's, it's designed to produce energy, reduce inflammation, improve recovery, and therefore positively impact and influence athletic performance. And so that's, that's what I've, I've learned over all these years. And now if I can just share that message from my own uh, uh, powerful transformation. I mean, as you know, I mean, anytime you can see before and after of something, especially a, a full longevity, I mean, I'm 25 years now, it's not just, you know, two years later, but I have where I started and the progression all along the way shows that this, this is something that, that is viable and that is something that can be achieved. And then I'm hoping that's resonated with people. And that's why I write. And that's why I speak. And that's why I tell stories that it all started from your question. It all started with mindset that I believe I can do this, even if it seems very far fetched, even if it seems like it's out of my league. Um, I believe in myself to do this because this is the end result I want to achieve. And then that's what I think that's what compels you to make the most of 1,440 minutes you have every day if you're driven to do something. I mean, that's why, you know, before this call, I was writing until midnight last night. And then I woke up this morning and was working again on my new book project before this call. And I'll spend the weekend doing it too, because it's important to me to get that message out there. And I, and to do that, I've got to put in that effort to make it happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many distractions right nowadays. A lot right now. There's a lot of distractions. Ah, and you really like so laser focused. I like that. Really cool. Yeah. So, what's your like typical day of training? I mean, I guess there's different types of training. Whether you're doing a competition or writing a book yeah. type of training. What's your let's just say every day while you're writing a book to keep you, you know, still in shape? <laughs> yeah. So you don't get any so, handlebars you know, or yeah. something. <laughs> Yeah, good question, because I mostly sit in this chair all day. Right, chair and, and right I think now. a lot of listeners now with quarantine and everything is doing similar things. So maybe what, yeah. what do you do to, you know, keep motivated and keep going? 
fitness wise? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, well, for full disclosure, I've been a little bit um, less active lately than I normally would be. Um, partly it's the, the absolute enjoyment I'm getting from writing, which is sometimes 12 hours a day or my chair 14, 15 hours a day. But I, like I said, I'm writing 20 pages in a single day, 65 in a week, 200 in, in a few weeks. Uh, and I'll have a new book done soon. And that's, and like that drives me just like training does when I'm trying to be my absolute biggest and strongest right. uh, where, and where training is the sole focus. But of course, you know, balance is something that is uh, desirable and something we're all kind of striving toward. And so, sure. uh, so basically what I would say is, you know, and what I uh, attempt to do for myself and, and I plan to do some exercise after this call, for example, I have some dumbbells with me. It's the only equipment I've got. The only thing I've got with me. So it's not like I have a lot of exercise equipment available, but, uh, but I wouldn't even need those. We can always do push-ups and dips and squats and lunges and all that. It just takes effort. It takes time. It takes discipline. Yeah. And there's temptations. Like you said, there's cell phones, there's the internet, there's television, there's movies, social media, social media. <laughs> to, uh, to be addicted to. So I think it comes down to uh, priorities. So what do you really want to do? And so you have to kind of ask yourself, and I do this with myself all the time because, you know, I guess I enjoy social media as much as the next person, you know, playing around on my phone and posting things and getting people to comment or laugh or like it or share or take, you know, you know, buy a, buy a book or a t-shirt or take, you know, part in what I'm doing. But we have to, we always have to ask, ask ourselves, is this, is this moving me forward to this particular goal I'm working toward or is it holding me back? And I'll tell you one, one small thing. I know it's a little bit not quite as relatable right now because gyms are closed. We're doing this, you know, we're all in kind of quarantine lockdown thing. But one thing I noticed, and I think it's worth mentioning because gyms will open up again and we will get back to some sort of normalcy at some point is that I used to take my, my phone to the gym all the time. I mean, I would, I would be playing on my phone and, you know, and then set it down and do my set. And then if I got an idea, like even the middle of my set, I would just set the weight down and then, and then post on Twitter. And then I would sit there and sit there. And I realized I was spending so much time not focused at all. I wasn't getting repetitions done. I wasn't getting sets completed. I wasn't doing the exercise. I was at the gym, mm-hmm. but I was on my phone so much. So what I decided to do was uh, I would just – simple action. I would leave my phone in the car you know, or leave it at home and go do my workout. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to put my hands on, nothing to look at and distract myself with. And what I realized was not only did my workouts get significantly better, but I looked around, looked around, and everybody was on their phone. Like, <laughs> like nobody was exercising. Um, and, and I wasn't aware of that before because I was looking at my phone too. I was just looking at my phone. I mean, there were some times I would be on a certain machine or certain piece of equipment, and the person next to me could literally be on there for on the next machine over five feet, four feet away for 20 minutes without doing a single exercise, just looking, (laughs) scrolling. Cause I would, I would, I would watch this and I would actually start getting quite frustrated. Right. And I think the same thing is happening right now because there is so many more distractions now when we're stuck at home than just having your phone with you at the gym. Mm -hmm. I mean, now we have, uh, we've got our, our, our family, our pets, our television, social media, computers, phones, iPads, and it's all right here. And we can't really go anywhere. We're all stuck at home. And so even though my dumbbells are literally right there, they're just right on the other side of that, that wall. I don't see them as often as I should because I'm, I'm on the computer. I'm, I'm working and I'm writing and all of that. And so it's just something that has to be made a uh, priority. And so I, I have been focused on that uh, a bit more lately. And I've been doing more things, even with the snow here in Colorado, <laughs> doing more things like dog walks and all of that when the weather is at its nicest and, and, and all of that to get some exercise. And I've been running in the park a little bit. Those are some things we can do with our own body mechanics. Anytime you can always run and walk and take the stairs and do push-ups and all of that. Right. But, uh, but I think it's going to come down to each individual person. So what do you want to achieve? Are you, are you happy with, uh, not exercising, like that's that's okay, you know, um, or or is it something that you want to make a higher priority, and you just recognize that you're not committing yourself to it, and then that's just a conversation you have to have with yourself, and sometimes it's a difficult one because we realize that I want a 100% return on a 40% effort, and it's right. that doesn't happen, right. and, 
but calling ourselves out uh, about that or auditing ourselves is is hard because we have. To, I have to admit, like Robert, here you are, a former champion vegan bodybuilder, athlete of twenty five years, author of four books, and you're not even doing what you're writing about in your book. And I have to come to terms with that, and that's and that's hard, you know, sometimes. And that's where we sometimes live in the past, where things like Throwback Thursday, you know, are are for athletes like me. That saves us. So look what I, you know, look what I used to look like, or look look what I used to be able to do, even though it may not be something that I'm doing now. And so I wrestle with that every day. So I'm not going to sit here and and pretend that I have the perfect quarantine workout because I don't. Right. I I'm not lifting weights as much as I should. I'm not out out in the outdoors as much as I should be. Mm-hmm. And the way that I justify that, it really, it's just an excuse at the end of the day. But the way that I justify that within my my own head is that. I'm writing the best material that I've ever written before. My, my, and I've got a major book coming out. Finally, after all these years of self-publishing books, I have a, a book deal with the second largest book publisher in the world. So it'll be a book that'll be in every bookstore in America and in many countries around the world. Wow. And I take that with, with so much responsibility. I, I, I focus so much on that because I have uh, so much expectations for these, for this book to be of high quality. And so that's kind of how I justify that, that, well, I'm doing my best work in another really important area of life. And so it's okay right now if my exercise takes a little bit of a backseat because I've spent my entire life exercising and I know how to get right back into it very, very fast whenever I'm ready. Now, that is, you know, I'm, I'm the first to admit that's just an excuse. I mean, why am I not exercising yesterday or every day, even just taking a break from the computer and go for 30 minutes of doing some curls. I could even have a video play. I could even have, I could even do some social media between sets, Yeah. but you know, I haven't always been doing that. And, and that's just something that uh, I have to adapt and be more consistent. And typically the more you engage in these things, the more you do exercise, the more you want to keep doing it because you start seeing progress. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's and about so- priorities too, right? Right now you have, a priority to finish your book i mean you really have yeah. a message to you're, bring to the audience you're in your journey of writing instead of you know i mean you can like you said always go back into lifting weights but right now you're focused laser focused on this part of your life and writing you it's know? temporary too so yeah. it's not like you're going to write the book forever for the rest of your life right yeah, so. so right and i have a deadline in two months and so that's like obviously <laughs> yeah. that's so these are real world things where maybe some other people don't have major deadlines. Maybe they do. And so it, it does come down to individual priorities. Yeah. Um, but also like just on that note really quickly, another thing I found to be helpful was I was starting to get carried away uh, with social media when I was trying to write books mm-hmm. in recent years. And I actually wasn't making progress, but I kept talking about, I was going to make progress as a writer. And I had these new book ideas, including this current book. I was writing the proposal for that, which was the proposal itself is like 75 pages. And it just wasn't getting done. And so my friend knew that I was really uh, motivated and a go-getter and all that. And had seen me achieve various things throughout my my life or career and said, we're at dinner. And he said, here's what I want you to do right now. Like right now, no warning. I want you to delete every app on your phone. No more Twitter, no more Facebook, no more Instagram, nothing. And I was like, I was like, what? Like not even a chance to say bye to people or anything, just delete. And so I I did, I got rid of every app and for uh, many, many months, uh, almost an entire year, I was away from all social media. This was uh, back 2018, 19, I think. And what happened was my workouts became the best they'd ever been. My attention to detail and being present in conversations, including with, with my wife and in relationships was better than it had ever been. I wasn't looking at my phone and being distracted and, mm-hmm. and not present during meals or restaurants or at home. And my writing was better than it had ever been. And I actually finished one book and, and published it and then worked on the proposal for the new book, which then got accepted by the biggest or second biggest publisher in the whole world. Congrats. And that yeah. came oh. you. Thank you. But that came from, from a, not even my own decision, a friend recognizing that Robert, like many people in the world, Robert, you are addicted to these platforms 
that yes, you're selling a few shirts a day. Yes, you're selling a few books a day through Amazon, through your website, but that's not getting you to where you really want to be to make a really big impact on people, which is creating something like a book that's going to be available to people around the whole world in bookstores, not just on one website or on Amazon or my own book, my own website or my own online store. And so I took that to heart. And I mean, for example, for Twitter, I was away from over a whole year. Like I posted in September of one year and not again until September or October of the next year. And I got back and it was really weird experience because I realized that not much had changed. Um, It was still the same stuff. It was still the same types of posts, the same types of material and all of that. And I actually didn't pay much attention to it for the first few months. I just wasn't inspired to. And then what happened, um, including recently, and that's why I think it's important because it's, it's absolutely a factor in why I'm not exercising quite as much right now is because I got, I got addicted again, where uh, I'm constantly on, <laughs> on social media. I'm constantly posting things that are mostly there for my own entertainment. You know, when I, it's like distraction a distraction too, right? Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely, it's absolutely distraction from, I sit at a computer all day long. Um, I'm stuck indoors, you know, I'm not out outside as much or exercising as much. And it's something that kind of breaks up my day. But then I also realized I could spend hours and hours and hours doing it because like, you know, you see, I'm wearing my vegan strong shirt, nice. it's a nonprofit group I work for. And one of the things we do is sell shirts to make money to keep the group going. Right. Mm-hmm. And we sell hundreds of them. And so I get addicted to, as you probably maybe seen, if you've looked oh, yeah, on Instagram, we do. On Instagram or something, I'm constantly posting photos. I'm going out in the snow and I'm doing this flex and I'm doing that. And it's all really silly. Like I'm selling a few shirts a day. That's not, that's not the point. Like I'm not even training myself with the message that's on the shirt. Right. And so that's something that I think I have to recognize. And I think a lot of people need to recognize about what are you really doing with your time? And I think if you survey a hundred people that at least 90, if not 95, would, would give you an assessment of what they're doing with their time. And 95 out of 95 would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because right. we, th- we think we're doing all these things. We think we're exercising. We think we're eating healthy. We think we're eating these great vegan foods. We think we're spending a lot of time with our pets. We think we're being a good listener to our partner. We think we're making really good use of our time on the internet. We're not. It's just not true. And that's not, it's not true for 99% of us. Yeah. So true. We think I we're doing something, but yeah, we're really we're, not. We're struggling. It's so like irrelevant on the whole scale of our life. Like, oh, we got to do this because we got to post this. And like, but for what? Like, if the internet just turned off, that entire whole thing would just be gone. Yeah. Imagine. Like, imagine, COVID, right? imagine we have just no one internet. of those apps or like, I mean, it could just be like MySpace or something just disappears. People <laughs> stop using it. And you put so much effort and time into this one app. And it's irrelevant into right. anything now, you know? It's crazy how we spend that much time on something that's so small. <laughs> right, and that's actually so draining yeah. too. Like, let's say after a long work day, I think, oh, I'm going to relax on Instagram, you know, scroll around <laughs> a bit, check what Robert Cheek is doing or whatever, right? But then it's like, was it really recharging? <laughs> yeah. Like, why not talking to your partner, like you said, or spend time with your pets and be more aware or have even more self-awareness right like i feel you have a lot of self-awareness like you're actually aware of how you spend your time with things in general you need to i think everyone should but we get so tunnel vision when we use these apps you know that we forget to exercise or we think oh we can exercise (laughs) next time or like new year's resolutions right in the beginning you you're really super motivated exercising right and like you have a great platform with your vegan bodybuilding, you know, that you really want to exercise, even if some people are not really into exercising, you know, you really have that, that you can ignite people to exercise more, you know, I love that. But then it goes away, you know, like, how do you get people to stay motivated? Like, how do you do it? What? what how can <laughs> people be, stay motivated instead of, oh, just a face, you know, or being vegan, just a face in the beginning, everyone is so inspired, but then it goes away. Well, Julia, I think you said something really important a moment ago. You talked about self-awareness and it's not just about self-awareness, but it's about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's about auditing the things that you're, you're not happy about yourself, about the things that you're doing. Like you just said, like the time that gets wasted 
Um, and it's, time is a precious thing. And we, we have this self-awareness or this, I think, a pseudo self-awareness where we have this identity. I'm, I'm this nickname on the Internet. You know, most people go by some sort of handle, right? Like everyone has a nickname for Instagram or YouTube or whatever. It's not it's not our real identity. It's who it's a character that we portray. It's who we mm-hmm. want to be. It's basically at the end of the day, it's how we want to be perceived, right? I want you to perceive me as vegan bodybuilder guy or vegan strong guy. And, and I'm this and I'm, I represent this level of enthusiasm or all that. But I have to the, the most powerful thing we can do is audit our own shortcomings. Right. You know, what do you, what do you suck at? What, what, what do you, what are you doing? That's taking away from what you could be progressing at what's slowing you down. What kind of, of addictions or habits or behaviors do you engage in? Even if it's negative self-talk, if it's lack of belief in self and those around you, if it's poor management of time and resources, if it's poor priorities, if it's um, the way you're at a at a meal, even just one on one with somebody, a good friend, a partner, a family member, and you spend half your time on the phone and looking up whenever it's convenient, um, we're, we're doing that when we're at a red light while driving, and we end up risking a car accident for ourselves and others, yeah. and yeah. and constantly getting honked at. Uh, it's that's part of it. We have to say like, so is my is my diet as good as it could be? Is my activism as good as it could be? Is my exercise as good as it could be? The answers don't have to be yes all the time, right. but your answers are but your answers are your answers. Your answers are real, and you have to accept those. Mm-hmm. So, I I ask myself that all the time: Am I am I giving my best? And sometimes I'm not. A lot of times I'm not. And then I have to say, well, why? Why am I not? Is it something that is uh, a mental barrier? Um, is it a lack of energy or enthusiasm or belief? Is it um, a mood issue? Is it there, there's so many things stacked against me? Is it th- does it even matter anyway? You know, uh, the world is so big and there's so many things I can't control. Is my small environment even that that important? Um, but I think that's an important that's that is the question is just to is to not just have self-awareness, but self-awareness of the things that make us a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that, I think, allows us to grow. And so even having this conversation, I, I can become aware of if I have too many days in a row that I don't exercise, that has an equivalent response to all the days in a row that I do exercise. So all that forward progress I make when I do exercise, I'm having the same type of progress, but in the wrong direction. Every single day that you don't fulfill that, that mission, you take another step backward. It's just, it's just, that's just the way it works. Uh, you, you just fall in a deeper and deeper hole further away from your destination that you, you claim to uh, care to get to. And so to, to, so to stay motivated or to get motivated mm-hmm. or to avoid burnout or all of those things, I think it's going to be different for each person. Yes. But it all comes back to the three-letter word that we always just have to ask ourselves, and that's why. Because why, I mean, Shane, Julia, why be vegan in the first place? Who cares? Why care about animals? Why care about the environment? Why care about your health? Why care about friends and family? Why care about being happy? And answering those things will give you purpose and mission to go do something. So if I say, why care about animals? If I can think back to my farming days and think back to um, spending time with farm animals and, and seeing animals suffer or seeing even animals I don't know, seeing them uh, being uh, mistreated and suffering and, and bred to be slaughtered to turn into someone's food. What can I do to make a difference? And if that matters to me, I'll find, I'll find the energy and enthusiasm and the ideas to go do something about it. Right. And the same with, same with like, who cares about, who cares about burning fat or losing weight? Who cares? Who cares about building muscle? What is what is silly or stupid goal to have, right? But but it meant something to me, right? And so I and so I was compelled to do it. If it doesn't mean anything to you, you won't do it. Like right. same with academics, people who are maybe high achievers in academics, it means something to them. And if it doesn't mean something to you, you're not going to do it. Right. Same with entrepreneurs and and business owners. Same with effective activism or outreach or athletics or anything like that. It comes down to why. 
And I think if you can answer that question and, and, and really answer it meaningfully, not just like, oh, I want to, or because I, I feel better. Well, what, what, who cares about feeling better? Or what does feeling better mean? Better compared to what? So I think if you can just uh, answer some difficult questions, you'll come out on the other side uh, so much more motivated, so much more driven, and have purpose behind your actions. I like that. Very so well said. You really have to have a purpose too in life. That, that's how we take more actions in life. You know? Like I, mm. I found when I became vegan, you know, that was my mission. I wanted to let people know about it, you know, not that I was thinking, oh, I'm right or whatever, but I wanted to let people know how animals are suffering, you know, they're, they're my friends and it doesn't make sense to eat them, you know, and you can even benefit from it if you do it the right way, right? So. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to let everyone know about it. And I think with your platform, it's amazing. Like I go back to Germany, visit my family and friends, and they know about the your platform, you know, vegan mm-hmm. bodybuilding. Even people I randomly meet at vegan restaurants, they yeah. know they started their vegan journey with your website. It's crazy how big like, the internet <laughs> is. You don't really realize that people are looking at you. They're inspired by you right. because they don't always speak up, right? So exactly. they might be watching you for 10 years, 20 years, and you've never even heard of this person and you've just changed someone's life or many people. And right. I think that's the beauty of the internet that I think we forget, you know, why we're on social media, right? right. <laughs> because it's, you know, those people that we inspire. And that's what makes it a catch-22, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's why, I mean, I know so many entrepreneurs and, you know, now these days, I guess we call them like like influencers or whatever, who spend just 16 hours a day on the internet to build their brand or build their image or create products or whatever. But it's because of those kind of things, because the, the impact is far reaching, mm-hmm. right? It does go across the globe and inspires people all over the place. And yeah, I get emails from people all the time from Australia or, or, or Asia or faraway places that I had, I had no idea I played a role in whatever. And just like people who play a role in, in, in my life, maybe have no idea um, unless, unless it gets communicated through uh, an interview or through an article or conversation or something like that. Uh, but, but the catch 22 is that, that, you know, that investment all that time, we could be doing other things, including just being present in our own lives. You know, we all have friends and family and pets and loved ones that aren't going to be there forever. Right. We have right. um, environments around us that, that, that aren't going to be the way they are. Uh, and it's, it's nice just to slow down and appreciate those kind of things too. And, and I, and I know it because I've done it and, and 99% of people have never done it. They've never eliminated every single app, every single app. I mean, I cut out everything, even the news. I refused to watch TV. I went the radio I changed the channel. I wouldn't look at my phone. It was, I just wanted to have a different world around me. And it was, it was a really unique experience. And so I'm still torn every day. Like, do I do these interviews? Do I do podcasts and interviews and all this? Or do I spend more time just being present and with my family and, and writing books that uh, and that's meaningful to me and being out in nature and all that? And it's a constant wrestling match, you know? And, and I think it is for all of us. And so people say, well, it comes down to balance, right? Mm-hmm. But even that is harder to do because we say, well, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty balanced, but even that balance is unbalanced because it still heavily favors uh, whatever the, the, the thing we're most addicted to. Um, and typically the things we get addicted to the most, whether it's TV or movies or Internet or podcast or, or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, it's the one that brings the most um, authentic enjoyment. You know, what do we get the most laughs? What do we get the most you know, smiles from, you know, <laughs> yeah. like if you don't get as many smiles from Twitter, you're not going to use it as much compared to Facebook. If you get more smiles from Facebook, because it's, it's a different community, maybe friends and family, or maybe you, you really like reading, seeing funny memes from Instagram and bring that brings you the most enjoyment. But, you know, that's where we gravitate toward what, what brings you the most enjoyment. And uh, I think that's, again, something we just evaluate for each one of us. And I think this absolutely applies to uh, to health and fitness. And for example, just one last comment on that. People, even how we started this interview, like Robert, you must be doing all kinds of exercise, right? You must be, even though it's during quarantine, you're probably loving it and doing all this stuff. You know, I don't, I honestly don't have as much enjoyment for lifting weights that I did at other times. Sure. Um, and that, and that's just, and that's just real. And that's just honest. And that's also just right now. I mean, I was really into lifting weights, like even just as recently as four months ago. 
because I was just approaching my 40th birthday and I was like trying to get my best shape ever. And I got in great shape for my 40th birthday mm-hmm. um, because I was motivated by some, you know, superficial or exterior uh, objective, some arbitrary date, you know, that, that I born that I want to be in, but I was having a lot of fun and I was training with some friends and it was great. Right. But right now I'm just, it's just not as fun to be honest. I'm not smiling as much lifting weights, you know, by myself in a room. Uh, but I'm having a heck of a lot of fun writing. And so, you know, that's, that's where my time goes. What brings me the most enjoyment. So, um, right. Follow your bliss, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes that doesn't mean following it to the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, I think it's because of Instagram. We always see these people in, like, six-pack, uh, you know, stage-ready bodies, yeah. but they took those pictures, like, you know, when they were on stage. They're not walking around like that all the time, and I think we get that fake feel that we always have to be perfect. We always have to be, you know, six-pack, looking our best at all times, and, and to be honest, it's false sense of, you know, where people are. Right. And it's unfortunate that that's the way, you know, our society's kind of portrayed stuff that everything has to be perfect. And like, you can't be bloated. You can't be this. You can't be anything. You just have to be like perfect. For or a man has to be a certain way, especially, right? I yeah. mean, women too, but like muscle wise, right? Like a man is only that strong if he has that much muscles. If or he whatever, looks good right? on camera and, right. you know, the right angle, the right lighting, <laughs> yeah, the then, right then he's something. <laughs> but, you know, even if he just built like 20 pounds of muscle or 30 pounds of muscle, he's nothing unless he's lean enough to see it. And it's, it's kind of weird. It's a weird sense of It's a weird thing, and I and I kind of equate it to this is like my my own little um, idea I've been uh, describing for a little while now. It's like it's kind of like this high school reunion syndrome where we always want to portray ourselves the absolute best we possibly can, myself included. I, mean, I posted Flex Friday photos yesterday, uh, Friday, that were from twelve weeks ago when I was just super jacked. Right, I was just pumped. I was really muscular and fit because I was training like crazy, but it wasn't today's photo or yesterday's photo. Right. It was, you know, I was, we always want to put our best foot forward because it's like this high school reunion thing. I want to show up. I'm the most successful. I'm the prettiest. I'm the fittest. I'm, you know, I'm going to show all those people who probably forgot about you anyway and don't care, <laughs> but we're so obsessed with that kind of, and that's not for everybody. I'm saying that, but I think it's a mentality a lot of people have, whether it's a high school reunion thing or a college re- reunion thing or just your own peers, like other vegan athletes. I want to put my best foot forward because guess what? We're all in competition for eyeballs. We're all trying to get the attention because everyone has a program. Everyone's selling something. Everyone's got a course, a program, a book, a t-shirt, uh, a digital download, an ebook. Like we all do. And when we get caught up in, and we, we attempt to be altruistic and be like, no, no, I'm just, I'm really trying to make a difference in the world around me. No, you're trying, we want to sell something because <laughs> that helps us keep going. And, right. and that's something that, you know, a lot of us aren't being honest about either too. Like, like you said, we're putting our old photos or our, our very best photos on the internet to try to suck people in to follow what we're doing. And then, but it's for usually for a reason, because we want either the popularity and the pat on the back that we feel good about ourselves uh, which is kind of an artificial um, way to uh, manipulate people to view us in, a, in the way that we direct. We're the director. We're in control of what you're going to think about me, right, with right. what I just show. But in the end of the day, and I'm not saying this is a terrible thing, but if we're t- being totally honest, a lot of the times we're doing that to collect eyeballs, collect an audience, so we can eventually sell something to somebody. Like I'm trying to sell books, right? Sure. Not just so I can buy a big house. But because I think there's a lot of important stuff in the book that can change lives, but it doesn't mean part of me doesn't want to be able to buy a big house or travel and all those, or be able to, you know, if I want to be super altruistic and, and donate to charities and all that, which of course I've done my whole life. I don't need to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's where I think that image comes from that, that perfect male or female image, or even the perfect image of veganism. Like that I eat the perfect foods at all yeah. times. <laughs> Look at my meal. Look, it's, <laughs> that's not what we do behind the curtain all the time. Right. And that's, but we're all playing the same game. Same game. It's how much can I trick you versus how much can you trick me? (laughs) I'll tell you, honestly, I wasn't even sure I was going to wear a t-shirt right now. I was thinking I need to put a hoodie on because I'm not in as good a shape as I was uh, eight weeks ago. And so like, I didn't want to be on camera in a t-shirt, but that's because it's, it's messing with, 
my recently buzzed head from <laughs> haircut um, that went wrong. <laughs> These are things nobody wants to talk about. No, we're, right. we're all trying to, I'm trying to take money from you. You're trying to take money from me. I'm trying to, we're trying to take money from that person because we live in the society that that's where we measure our importance is how much, how much of this thing can I collect? How much uh, appreciation, uh, fame and monetary success can I accumulate? And that's my self-worth. And that's, that's a, I think that's an absolute broken system. And I, I think if you look, and I've had the very great fortune, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that I've been able to travel to some amazing places, some poor countries in Central America, some poor countries in Southeast Asia, uh, all kinds of other countries, you know, uh, from Russia to China to all kinds of neat places. And just looking at, at how sometimes uh, different people in different cultures view um, happiness it's totally different. You're going to find totally different ways of measuring happiness, perhaps in, in, in Costa Rica versus the United States versus Indonesia. It's it just, I've been to all those places and many others, and it's just, it's just different. Yeah. Um, I think um, it's a challenging system where we weigh everyone's happiness and success based on what you can accumulate, not what you can give or, or how much um, love you can give or how much uh, help you can give to others or how much awareness or, or heartfelt expression you can, you can exude and, and, and disperse out to other people. It's just different ways of, of measuring things. And it's, it's, it's really clear if you're, if you're kind of at least looking for it, it's really clear that Instagram and YouTube and many of these other platforms that we're all part of, and we all build our brands and businesses and images around Right. are really focused on that, that, that tunnel vision of uh, a popularity contest. And then that equals success. You know, like I'm not, I'm not nearly as, I'm not nearly as popular as a lot of these other vegan fitness people on Instagram, influencers and YouTube, not, not even close. But if I just focus on that, then I'm unhappy. Right. Cause then I'm envious. I'm jealous. And I think, wait a minute, I've been doing this for 25 years with guys like Brennan Brazier and has been doing it longer and, and how come we're not as, as as famous or successful as some of these other people that's, that's not how you measure happiness though and that's not how you, how you measure your impact either uh, sometimes just being your authentic self and doing the best you can is good enough and it's the best you can do and that's and that's okay that's you know so fine, yeah. so there's so many I mean so many things um, to think about when it comes to uh, self-awareness and, and self-talk uh, too, right? Like don't be too hard on yourself too, right? Because you can get so stuck into what you're not doing. Let's say like, oh, I'm not exercising enough. I'm eating crap all the time. But what can you do about it? Find a solution for every problem pretty much you have. I mean, there is if you really want to, if you have an open mind to really want to change it too, right? Because we can yeah. complain about things. It's say, yeah, I wanted to exercise today, but I couldn't because I had so much to do. I had stress, blah, blah, blah. But you got to focus on how to even time management as well your day, right? So you can get to exercising and stuff like that. I mean, you are into time management every day, right? <laughs> I try or else you fall into some pretty bad, pretty bad patterns. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is there any uh, other than your book coming up? Is there any other exciting future plans you have in store? And where can the listeners find you at? Yeah. So, well, uh, the thing I've, mo I've been most excited about is this whole vegan strong team that I've been part of for a few years now. It started years ago, like maybe almost three or four years ago, uh, doing activism with this message of vegan strong in, in various different sports. But then we took it to the big fitness expos, the largest fitness expos in America. I mean, events that are like 100,000 people, 200,000 people, I mean, really big festivals. And we had a whole team of vegan athletes and we would go and promote the vegan fitness lifestyle and the whole message of vegan strong uh, showcasing that plants have all the protein you need that's our slogan you know plants have all the protein you need and of course we're at events where 99 or 95 of attendees are non-vegan they're, they're like huh Great. it catches them off guard you know think of big like fitness and supplement expos you know like FIBO and uh, that it's in germany and many other places that right. uh, arnold at the olympia all these major events so we were doing that before this whole um, uh, quarantine and lockdown and end of public events. And that was so, so rewarding. We've been doing that for years. And, uh, and, and at those events, we distribute thousands of plant-based product samples 
from our sponsors. We have thousands of conversations with people. We have a, a big muscle team of plant-based athletes. I'm usually actually one of the, one of the, the smaller guys at 200 pounds. Uh, and we have great women who are part of the team as well. And we travel around and we really make a, a difference. In fact, I've had famous bodybuilders that I literally, this is a true story, that I used to have their posters on my wall when I was a, a really enthusiastic 20-year-old uh, bodybuilder. And now they come by the booth and I sign books for them because now they're a bit older. You know, I'm 40. They're probably 55, 57, 58. And they have eaten a lot of animals throughout their lives. And now they're having some health problems and they come to a plant-based diet. And some to someone like me who's still going strong, you know, with this with this lifestyle. So I was so excited about that. Unfortunately, that's been put on hold for now. And so uh, we basically have our Vegan Strong apparel uh, on veganstrong.com, and we partner with the Herbivore Clothing Company, which I think you visited in Portland, probably. We did, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, in the Vegan Mini Mall there. So they're our, mm -hmm. our new clothing partner as of a few months ago. So they sell our Vegan Strong clothing every day, and it's really fun. And we give away all kinds of free products that we used to distribute in person. We used to give people all kinds of, all kinds of plant-based protein powders and protein bars and food snacks and and beverages and coupons for like free Beyond Meat products. We all that goes to Herbivore and they distribute that now to online customers. So, um, so for people if they want to support Vegan Strong, which is a not not-for-profit organization that's spreading the message that plants have all the protein you need, uh, you can check out our vegan clothing at Herbivore or HerbivoreClothing.com, I think is what their website is. Yeah. And it comes with free gifts uh, to everybody, no matter where you live in the world, um, other countries throughout the US, everyone gets free gifts with purchase and it's, it helps our nonprofit uh, group fundraise. And then, uh, you know, I've already been talking throughout this interview that I, I kind of go in and out of social media. So I'm not always on. And, and in fact, I still plan to walk away from it. But veganbodybuilding.com is my main website I've had for almost 20 years now. Can't believe time just flies by. Yeah, and it's then, crazy. And, I yeah, remember with your long hair, you know, meeting you yeah. the first time with uh, Brent Brazer, you know, here in Vancouver, yeah. BC, and yep. now you're here after all yep. these years. Yep. I was in um, Vancouver 15 years ago, 2005, yeah. and I think oh, probably 06 also. And, oh, you know, I was. Glad you came here there. A few okay. years, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'd love to be back. I haven't been back in a little while, so I'd love to be back. And uh, so, anyway, veganbodybuilding.com, and then Robert Cheek. You can just find me on uh, just look at my name, C H E E K E, just like your face with an E on the end. Um, and that's where <laughs> I'm online. And my new book, uh, titled "The Plant-Based Athlete," should be out in spring of 2021. So I'm still working on it, still working on deadlines, but it's going to be really, really good. We've got a whole team of people working on it. It's not just me. Uh, we've got a great team of people working on it to make it the like the quintessential uh, unequivocal leader in plant-based fitness books, which is why it has so many people contributing to it and uh, and a professional major publisher and co-author and professional writer and all these things to make it just the how to be a plant-based athlete book that everyone can reference. So I'm, I'm honored to write that. That's Sounds awesome. exciting. Wow, yeah. I can't wait. Sounds like you're going to be busy. <laughs> busy, yeah. busy, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, that's <awesome. laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much yeah. for being on our show. We really appreciate you because you know you're so busy and you gotta get we'll, back to writing. Yeah, you know, we're taking it away. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go do some dumbbell curls. Oh, I gotta yeah. do a few curls first. And <laughs> nice, thank you nice. Oh yeah, how long do you exercise now? Do you have a certain time now? That not really right. Whatever you got time. Yeah, right. When, you know, before the gym's closed, it was like an hour, hour and a half at a time. And I was really enjoying it. Actually, I was making some really good progress and really enjoying it. And it's not just making an excuse like, Oh, gyms are closed. I can't do anything. It's a, yeah. honestly it's just not as fun. It's just not as fun. And that's just me being honest. I'm not having as much fun because I can't do the movements I used to like to do. And we can all pretend that it's, everything's great. And you just do pushups. I don't like doing pushups. In fact, my right side of my chest is a little sore from very, very heavy bench press. Uh -huh. uh, so, so now it's like, you know, I'm not having as much fun doing those things. So, sure. um, you're allowed to change. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of life. You don't have to be doing change the same hobby or the same thing you enjoy when you were like five, ten years ago, right? Right. So. You can't force it, right? You yeah. you just go for what you're passionate about. And that's how you thrive in life. You know, you go for your passion and you need to have enjoyment in life. It's not about, oh, how other people see me, right? It's like how you want to see yourself. You always need to be your self-motivator in life, you know, because what do you do, right? If we don't have the social media and everything, you need to motivate yourself. No one else can, but mm -hmm. you have to. Absolutely. Blissful in life. Yeah. Well 
Oh, thank you, Julie and Shane. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, pleasure. I really appreciate uh, you having me on the podcast. (laughs) So great to hear you and see you. And uh, we can't wait to see you wherever it will be next. Yeah, maybe we'll see you in Colorado, Vancouver. I don't know. Who knows? We always seem to get around whenever. Exactly. Happens, yeah. Whenever they open the border, I don't know. Right, we'll they're see. closed right now between <laughs> Canada and the U.S., so <laughs> we can't even travel anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll catch you next time, whenever and wherever that is. And exactly. until then, uh, sure have will. a wonderful weekend. And and thanks for all you do to represent veganism and and how you've dedicated your lives to uh, helping animals. And I just want to thank you for that. I sincerely appreciate everything that both of you do to make a difference in the world around you. So oh, thank you. Thanks thank so, you much. so much. Well, you do yeah, such likewise. a big difference, like years and years, you know, and thanks for staying so motivated to do what you're doing, you know, consistency. And Some yeah. people fall off, you know, five years, you're still going strong. Exactly. That's why I say you're making the, a difference. Yeah. Right. And you're the living legend, you know, I stick to <laughs> living legend. Yeah. Like, I like that. The vegan bodybuilding living legend. Yeah, definitely. You're yeah. You're amazing. You so, started the fire. You really are. Like yeah. for me, you're one of the pioneers, you know, in the vegan movement. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Sure. You too. Thank you. Bye bye.